Hello, and welcome to the Monthly Ordinance Power Hour podcast. I'm Mass Sergeant Angela Johnston, your CMF 89 Alpha and Bravo Talent Management NCO. I'll be your host this month and am joined by Sergeant First Class Cody Bernard and Sergeant First Class Edwards. Sergeant Edwards, I didn't get your first name. Adam. Adam. Sergeant First Class Adam Edwards. Uh, he is the incoming replacement for, for Sergeant First Class Bernard. Sergeant First Class Bernard, would you please take a minute to explain yours and Sergeant First Class Edwards' role in the 160th? Absolutely. I uh, appreciate you having us on today. Um, between myself and Sergeant First Class Edwards, we have held every position that the 160th has to offer for us from ammunition specialist at the 3 flight platoon level, uh, currently up to our regiment seat now where we sit as the career affair managers. Um, everywhere in between that, as section sergeants, section chiefs, platoon sergeants, uh, you name it, we have been able to hit those pinnacles in the regiment. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's been a pretty good journey for us. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so thank you really for coming here and uh, I know you, both of you are from Campbell so mm -hmm. I really appreciate you guys making the trip up here to be part of this podcast. Um, in this podcast I wanted to discuss recruiting and broadening opportunities for the Ordnance Branch members. Uh, anything from SVAP to Warrant Officer, uh, basically anything that would be applicable for them to apply to and not necessarily get picked for like Drill Sergeant and recruiting. Um, Soldiers uh, are uniquely needed in formations as mechanics of all kinds, ammunition specialists and ordnance disposal specialists. So we have units that are actively recruiting and looking for service members to fill positions in special mission units out of Bragg and DC, as well as opportunities, like I mentioned before, Ranger, Warrant Officer, SVAB. All these locations typically hold briefings to search for the ideal ca candidate. Can you give a brief overview of 160th SOAR before we discuss the recruiting and selection process? Yeah, absolutely. So the 160th SOAR, uh, our mission is to organize, equip, and train and resource to employ Army Special Operation Aviation Forces worldwide in support of these contingency operations and um, support of the warfighting commanders. We're commonly known as the Night Stalkers and just like our aviators um, counterparts, we are always looking for support MOS soldiers to also, you know, put those helicopters in the sky um, and take those uh, customers to the target. So we have the train as you fight mentality and because the regiment is blessed exceptionally with resources and extensive realistic training, um, we have a variety of environments that we train in and I, I, I promise you as an 89 Bravo I think we see more ammo here than anywhere else in the Army and it really allows you to get in touch with your job mm -hmm. and uh, learn every aspect of what we can do as That's an really ammo cool. soldier. Yeah. yeah, and do you, do you, I know both of you are 89s, do you guys mm -hmm. work with because this is for the Ordnance Branch, uh, mechanics or like 91s or 94s, do you think that they also see uh, a broader spectrum of maybe opportunities? Uh, absolutely, so we, we have mechanics in the 160th um, and you know I, I would say there's an equal share for them of work as well. Um, they're also allowed and to privileged to serve on the FARP team, which is one of the 160th biggest missions for the support soldiers. Okay. Um, so without the FARP team and the 3-5 platoon and our airborne operation, uh, like I said before, those helicopters are not gonna go nowhere. So right. we know that Conventional Army does have FARPs and they do serve the role. Uh, I believe the 160th has just perfected it in a different way and it has allowed uh, all support MOSs such as the mechanics uh, 89 Bravos, Fuelers, Combo, to all come together mm -hmm. and pull their weight on that team. Awesome, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so what are the specifications necessary for a candidate to apply to your unit? 
So currently the unit um, has MTO spaces all the way from E1 to Sergeant First Class. Mm -hmm. um, that is spread out through four battalions that are geographically located in the continental United States. Um, so JBLM, uh, Fort Campbell, we have uh, Savannah. And basically you will submit a packet unless you're DA selected. Um, we tried to move away from DA selection when we have candidates in the queue mm -hmm. um, because we don't want to make anybody come somewhere they don't want to be and maybe right. it's not for everybody. Um, but the packets are easy to access through um, special operation recruiting briefs which are located at major AITs now. I know they're doing it at Eustis and Fort Lee, uh, Riley even. Um, but you can go to Simple's Google search, type in 160 SOAR application, and we actually have a whole website now ran by the SORB. The or internet's it'll, amazing. Yes, <laughs> it it'll give is. you step-by-step -step process. If you think you have a question, or man, I wish they would explain a little more about this, I promise you there's a link on there. Yeah. It tells you how to submit a packet, um, and the packet is in chronological order, what questions we'd like you to answer. Uh, nothing too crazy. I would think uh, be expected the same for most even regular conventional units. Okay. Um, but that's cool. the first step in becoming a night stalker, really. Conventional units don't get to pick their soldiers, so that's that true. That is one, true. one yeah. difference there. Mm -hmm. But that I think it's true. it's good to be able to say, this is what we're looking for, mm -hmm. and for the soldier to then be able to say, I can do that, or sure. I'm qualified for that. So um, a lot of our things. Um, like I said, they, they sound pretty easy on paper, but I understand they could be disqualifiers for a lot of people. So we look for financially stable uh, individuals. Um, you know, the ACFT score is something that, you know, you don't just want to pass to come to the uh, EGP and then serve in the unit. You could have 70%. EGP, have you? Enlisted Green Platoon. Oh, so okay. that's the uh, assessment, the five-week assessment process. So if your packet is uh, favorably assessed by a recruiter in the CMF, mm -hmm. you will be placed on ATARS reservations to attend the five-week course at Fort Campbell. Got it. Um, and that'll be the EGP. Correct, yeah. Green. Um, okay. So we're looking at things like that. Obviously, you can't be flagged, um, th things of that nature. Are um, any of these things waiverable? So right now, um, the things, personally, when we're talking with our recruiters, we also have a GT requirement of 100 or higher. In the, um, but we have wavered them down to 95. I've seen, personally, the even our Bravo MOS. Okay. And that's with a promise to pay back the unit. Once we assign you, you assess favorably that you go to BSEP. Uh, within a year of attending. But the unit is gonna send them. Absolutely, and that's kind of our promise to them as well. Um, so you get to the unit and then you're set aside that time to study and mm -hmm. raise that score. And that also opens you up for opportunities if you'd like to leave us that, hey, if now you have a 110 or higher yeah. and you wanna go to another higher tier unit, by all means now you have that out of the way. Mm -hmm. So it only assists a soldier at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So um, what happens, so let's say, say a soldier goes through um, they do all of the requirements, they meet all the specifications, they mm -hmm. do all the requirements. What happens when a soldier's application is e accepted? Do they just, you said that something goes into ATARs and then they go to school? Right, so um, the SORB has come a long way in the last year or two. They've been revamped because there used to be a lot of people would send their packets and there wouldn't be a status update on them or maybe they were about to deploy and if they didn't get the answer before they deploy, they would lose that chance in their career. Um, so when we had uh, basically new leadership takeover, they had some new ideas and they put timelines on these things because at the end of the day, they knew they were affecting soldiers' lives, families, PCSs. Mm -hmm. So upon application, myself and uh, Sergeant Edwards, we have five days, business days, to respond to an application, whether it's favorable or not. Okay. Uh, once we give that yes or no, uh, if it is a yes, that goes back to the SORB, that gets processed immediately and they look for the next available ATARS class dates for the Green Platoon and that soldier will be notified and so will the chain of command if they've okay. been assessed favorably. We don't want the soldier to sit there and 
wait for a month or two months that maybe they'll get into the 160th. Mm -hmm. And the same goes for a no. If it's a no because they had a disqualifier or maybe we're just full on that current rank, mm -hmm. the soldier knows immediately. And as long as they're not uh, DNR, drop no return, never to return, they can reassess later down the line, perhaps if a spot opens up or their rank changes. Um, so unless they're told not to reapply, that door stays open for them. Okay, that's awesome. Now, if somebody is told not to re reapply for 160th, mm -hmm. does that then close the door for any other uh, special units? Do you know? I don't, I can't speak for the other units, but I will say we, uh, a lot of the SMUs kind of have the same vision of don't lie. Be honest with all your assessments. Mm -hmm. um, I know for myself, and I know Sergeant Edwards agrees, I would rather you be very truthful on your assessment. If you know you got a speeding ticket 10 years ago, just tell us. Yeah. Um, we usually find out if you don't, right? Yeah. That goes the same. If you don't get accepted in the 160th and maybe you want to go Rangers or another SMU, just tell them, hey, I didn't assess favorably for this unit. It's because of this reasons. That mm -hmm. honesty will probably go a long way in their books. They're not going to hold it against you. Yeah. Whereas if they find out later down the line, because we're a very small community, yeah. um, it could not end great for the soldier. Right. So. Yeah, I'm the kind of person that tells on myself. I, I did a security clearance one time for my secret, and the guy was like, anything you'd like to tell me? And I was like, one time I got a speeding ticket when I was like 15, <laughs> and I had to do this, and he was like, that's not necessary. I think I was like 27 at the point at that time, and he was like, anything within like... We just like, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. he's like 10, yeah. maybe even five. <laughs> like, right. Don't, don't, right. don't tell on yourself. Uh, he didn't say that, but he was just kind of like, that's, we don't need all that. Right, right. <laughs> I'm definitely that kind of person. Um, so... They apply, they get accepted, they go to EGP. Mm -hmm. Where do you see candidates failing, um, and how do you think they could best prepare themselves, uh, at least for 160th specifically? Sure. Uh, so I would think Enlisted Green Platoon's biggest challenge, uh, especially for a lot of new soldiers, um, is physical fitness. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we drop a lot of soldiers on physical fitness. Fort Campbell's a, a very unforgiving state with weather. If you go in the wintertime, it's extremely cold, and if you come in the summertime, that's, that's heat you never really experienced. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of soldiers that, you know, they're not really up to par on ruck marching. Maybe they haven't done a four mile run in a while. Um, if you're barely getting by on an ACFT event, and you're right around that 60 or 61 points, Fort Campbell is the spot that will put you below that passing. Right. So again, on that 160, uh, Go 160th website, there's an awesome training plan that was put together. I was just gonna ask about that. Yeah, somebody way smarter, way more credential than myself went and took their time out of if you're bad at rucking, click this link oh, and wow. do this for week one up to week whenever and for everything, running, all that stuff. I um, know I can't apply anymore, but I might check that out just for <laughs> I <laughs> mean, to get totally better. Yeah. They, honestly, it's it's awesome because um, that's another thing the, that our unit has to offer. It's it's the Thor 3 program itself, once you become part of the unit, it's, just, it's more than Army PT. Right. Um, so before we go much further, for mm -hmm. those that don't understand what Thor 3 is, can you explain a little bit about... Thor 3? Sure, so Thor 3, um, you know, it's it's optimized human performance. Uh, it really gets you into your entire holistic approach of physical fitness. It doesn't just make you, you know, come in and you're doing push-ups and sit-ups, you mm -hmm. know, that was our time when we came in the knees ankles rotations, which yeah. I still do, even though they say we shouldn't. Um, they're, they're good exercises. They are, they work. Um, but, you know, we have trainers, like I said, with master's degrees in, in fitness and mm -hmm. uh, nutrition that will sit down with the soldier. It doesn't matter if you're an E1 to a first sergeant yeah. and customize a plan for you because not everything. And like in-house physical therapists too, right? Yes, so you absolutely. don't have to wait months to get in to see them. Absolutely. You go and, and get a plan and 
yeah, get better. Because it, it really, it was this, as much as we expect out of the soldiers, um, that's those rewards that come later on. You know, if, if we're going to wear you out faster than maybe your peers, we, we definitely try to take care of you and get you back in the fight just as fast. Um, right. But because that one shoe size doesn't fit all, it's hard to tell the soldier if they're failing a run just to go run. Well, maybe yeah. they can't. Whereas a Thor 3 specialist might, you know, hey, let's introduce you to biking or swimming. And right. the next thing you know, well, I didn't know, but now I'm running faster because of this. Um, and they're available all the time, free of charge, mm -hmm. um, like you said. Yeah, I w we experienced Thor 3. I experienced Thor 3 in 528th, and it was right. mind-blowing. It was just amazing how much is there. So talking about Thor 3 and the opportunities there, are there any other opportunities that might sway a soldier to be more interested in 160th? Uh, absolutely, and actually I would like uh, some First Class Edwards to go over a couple of these because I know he wrote some down that he wanted to share with the group. So there's, you know, a ton of opportunities, you know, within the organization that you really wouldn't experience um, anywhere else. You know, mm -hmm. for, you know, a lot of my counterparts that I talk to, um, one of the big things is schools, right, and having the opportunity to go do schools. And yeah. I'm not talking about, you know, the super swoopy schools and, you know, those types of things. Right. Um, <clears throat> really the key point here for us is we have the budget to do it, right? So, That's fair, yeah. Um, if you have time on your calendar and you know you want to hit things like uh, you will do airborne you will do sear mm -hmm. but pathfinder um, air assault we've had personnel go to ranger school um, you know you have your battle staffs and uh, we also have a lot of mtts for like joint firepower oh, and nice. things like that they're actually held on the compound so having that budget to be able to support the soldiers to be able to further themselves in the army yeah. is, is really important. Yeah, and so a lot of these schools don't, like you said, they're not just 160th schools, they transfer into the regular army. Mm -hmm. so right, just become more well-rounded, right? Like that's right. what the army expects of, of all soldiers. Yeah. And we still hold that standard too as well, so. Yeah. And you said that you were in for, you've been in 160th for 13 years. Um, is this, I don't, I don't want to sound uh, judgmental here, right? But is this a, a place where you stay and never leave? Or is it like kind of like Sergeant Bernard here where um, you, you do your work and then you find your way back to the regular army? And not so for you specifically, but I'm saying like for soldiers, right? Is, is the intention to uh, keep them there uh, long term or like is there a certain like years cutoff that the that the unit looks at is there is there something so I mean really bottom line here is uh, you know the the unit does invest in soldiers um, you know so really what you're looking at is a three to four year requirement is what's oh, okay. required from you you know from the regiment yeah um, after that point you know um, obviously we like to re retain talent sure you know yeah. um, but if you have want to seek out other opportunities or you know potentially go somewhere else there's nothing really stopping you from from leaving right you know a lot of people like me that have been here for 13 years is because i just i love it here yeah. right it's rewarding it's a the great pride in the unit environment yeah and so that's that's the reason why i chose to stay within yeah. the organization yeah but nobody's saying no you have to give me 10 years or no you oh, have to give me 15. Not, no. yeah no. okay cool yeah because i know uh, a couple soldiers i've talked to in other units um, special units, they're like, you know, well, I have to stay here at least until six years, and then at six years, then they'll, they'll consider letting me go, and I was like, dang, I did not realize that, and it might just be that's 
that niche unit that they're in. Um, but just thought I'd put the question out there just in case soldiers are like, look, I want to see what 160th has, but I also kind of want to see what 101st <coughs> has or whatever, you know? Right. Um, so being that, like, I think you've been here for a while, or been at 160th for a while as well, right? My whole career, actually. Okay, yeah. So, do either of you have families? Is that, like, how is that for stability-wise for you guys to <sighs> just be in the same position and spot? So, yeah, okay, I'll go first on this, because I know, uh, Sergeant Edwards has been at Campbell longer than I have, but I originally started at Joint Base Lewis McCord um, mm -hmm. when 4th Battalions uh, stood up. And if I would have known then what I know now of how long I was able to be there, um, it's insane because I, I never I thought every year was gonna be my last like mm. he said I have four years maybe I'm gonna leave somewhere um, but my wife was super appreciative that she could have a job and she could keep it yeah and you know even ten years ago the army's got a lot better with the manning cycles and predictability we've slowed down with you know uh, Okinawa's operations so when it was like PCSing every two years mm -hmm. um, changing schools moving like man, you're you're settling a moving claim from stuff lost, and you're already doing a new one to leave. It's yeah. stressful, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm watching people, my neighbors leave around me in my neighborhood, and I, I stayed there, mm -hmm. and I watched my house value grow. I watched my wife get promoted in the same spot. I was getting promoted, and I had a constant in life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, something that Sergeant Edwards didn't say though. It, we don't like throwing it out there because we want you guys to do it for God and country, but we right. have enlistment bonuses, uh, retention bonuses that I are I was going to ask about that. Huge. Yeah. So, you know, we will match the armies all the time. So if there's a 89 Bravo paratrooper bonus and there's not one for us, of course you can still get that. Mm -hmm. But when we're short-handed like we are on 10 levels and right now Sergeant First Classes, I don't know many places you can tell a Sergeant First Class in their career where if they re-enlist they could get $30,000 or more. It's very rare. Yeah. But we we offer those out there as even more. Hey, here's the stability. Here's the training opportunities, and here's some some money that could you know that could be life changing for some for yeah. sure. Yeah. Here's a here's a odd question. Maybe you know the answer to it. Maybe you don't. Um, could a soldier reenlist in a regular army unit for that one sixtieth bonus if they were going to you guys and and they got selected? Yes, you know what I mean? they can. As so and they would they will, get that higher that bonus? That bonus will process when they pass enlisted green platoon. Right, And okay. if they don't, no harm, no foul. We didn't pay you out. You didn't spend it all and have to pay it back. Yeah. Um, it can go in the contract. You can say, hey, I got about a year left. I want to take them up on theirs. Mm -hmm. You can find that tier bonus, get with your career counselor, get that set up in that contract move. Are career counselors aware of these? Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, they are. That's good to know, yeah. So I know there's been a lot of turmoil with IPSA and career right. retention and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, even just now, we're reminding our soldiers and our and the career counselors, like, hey, you can send a hotline. I don't know if you know what a hotline is, but it's where a career counselor sends a message to HRC mm -hmm. and says, um, like, I don't have the option to give my soldier Georgia somewhere on the East Coast and they prefer Georgia, can you help them out? Mm -hmm. And then we can give them one of our recs. We can't ever use theirs, but sure. they can borrow from ours. And so th they can do hotline. So I didn't know if uh, the career counselors were able to say like, hey, 160th, I know you have this benefit out there for 91 Bravos. Can I use that to send you somebody? So you can, yes. uh, they just need to pass EGP first. Right, and once you, you know, you, once you get in the unit, then you get your feet planted, you open up that realm of possibilities. If you're at Fort Campbell for two years, and maybe your spouse has an issue where she has family out on the West Coast and she mm -hmm. needs to get there, um, 
it's very easy to move personnel within the regiment internally, whereas you're not really doing that whole process from the beginning of I have to request, you know, HRC PCS orders, right? Mm -hmm. Intra-regiment 4187 plus off by the sergeant majors. We're moving our own personnel. We're still maintaining our strengths. Mm -hmm. And hey, this soldier wants to come to Campbell. Well, I have one of those to go to JBLM. That's an easy hot swap. And both those families win. We've done it to help soldiers with uh, EFMP. Yeah. Um, and it's something to know that we can do that internally is it's good because at the end of the day it's a no lot one, easier nobody's too. losing and the soldiers just gaining everything yeah so. yeah definitely that's awesome that's, that's a lot of good stuff i think i think we went over uh pretty much everything is there anything else you guys would like to say on your behalf for 160th i know i don't want to take away from the fact that this podcast is about recruiting opportunities as a whole right sure. so there are other units out there mm -hmm. um Absolutely. But I do, you know, I, I appreciate the both of you coming and uh, talking about 160th, and I want to make sure that you have uh, the floor to mention anything that you, we might have overlooked. No, I, I think I'm good, honestly. I would, I, again, I thank you for bringing us down here. Uh, this is a huge opportunity. And the whole time I've been in the regiment, uh, I don't think we've worked with as closely as the branch manager like we have um, as of late. So we really appreciate that from you. And Moving yeah, forward. Shout out to Massar and Moore. He's, he's really yeah, uh, getting out there. And again, that the RSOF counterpart down here to talk to you know our actual proponent and then talk to the soldiers online, it, it kind of completes that whole, we didn't have that before. And yeah. it's kind of like, that's where you get those, those stereotypical stigmas. Maybe someone's not looking out for me, but it's, it's usually not true. You just have to communicate. Mm -hmm. So I say, you know, the best advice I give anybody, if you're thinking about doing it, and this is for 160th, Rangers, anything, just do it. Yeah. Don't just ever try. talk. Warrant officer, we tell our guys and girls all the time, I hate losing our talent, but I will tell you, if you're, you tell me you want to go warrant officer, in six months you're still telling me, Yeah. I'm going to light a fire. Like, I, I yeah, want to see you succeed it. anyways, right? Yeah. So, like he said before, we're not going to force you here longer than your initial commitment, mm -hmm. um, but I encourage people not to say, oh, I'm thinking about dropping a packet. Drop the packet. Just to never do it. Drop the packet yeah. and let Green Platoon sort it out is what I say. Yeah. Next so. thing you know, you're going to be a Sergeant First Class, Mass Sergeant, Sergeant Major, and, or yep. whatever, and be like, dang, I wish I would have. Would have, could have, should have, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you guys being here. Um, I think it's going to be a great podcast. Definitely send the link out when it's done. And um, appreciate it. Thank That's you. That's awesome. Thanks, Thanks for you. having us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you.